0: Call him Tuxedo. That's what my mother told a large group of elderly garçons crammed into a uniform storage locker when she gave birth to me. They held each other by the shoulders in a circle around her, inside Wendy, the name given to the luxury whale liner in which they were working, the whale in which I was born. It was maybe the late 1980s, and it's hard to be precise about the time because there's nothing precise about time when you are traveling underwater. And there's nothing precise about time when you are inside of a whale. And I'd learn later, and I'm still learning now, that there's nothing precise about being inside of a whale. They called her Wendy for as long as there's been a they As long as there were sounds for names, sounds that were once called songs, that we now call words. A word for a man, a word for a woman, a word for a bull, a word for a cow, a word for a whale. For as long as there was a need for pronouns, and before the need of a noun, like the wind. Or the need of a verb, like to wind. Or the need of an adjective, like luxury they called her Wendy Wendy was indifferent to her name indifferent to the politics and systems and actions occupying parts of her body they called her Wendy and she unknowingly spun their years out of their bodies and back into hers and she didn't concern herself with why she was always alone always alive and why an injury thousands of years ago left part of her open And for humans, there has never been a cave we wouldn't enter. There's never been a hole we wouldn't probe, or a whale we wouldn't walk into. Wendy was indifferent to most things the way most things in the world are, indifferent. They could say her favorite thing in the world is the sight and the sound of a swarm of Antarctic krill a delicious tornado of microscopic green and yellow lights and the feel of millions of them filling her stomach. But that would just be them being human, exercising their greatest skills of projection. No one will ever know Wendy's favorite thing in the world. And I'm comforted by that. But I think, I feel, and I, I think I know that it is singing. A song we will never have the ears for. A song we will never understand. They called her Sam. That was my mother's name and she was the poisoner for the cafe inside Wendy. The name given to the luxury whale liner in which she was working. The whale in which I was conceived. The whale in which she gave birth to me. The whale in which I was born. She came onto the whale as a passenger when she was just a young teenager, a gangly mess of arms and legs from the thick-set woods of the Pacific Northwest, and she, like many people her age, was unhappy about her age, and like many people her age, she did something about it, and ran away from home, thinking that time would go faster on the road, that the dirt and the fumes would toughen her skin, broaden her hips, put some meat on her bones, But like most people her age that were unhappy about their age, things did not go as planned. And she found herself at 14 years old, in the mid-1980s, sitting at the base of a ponderosa pine in Idaho, yards away from a frozen stream, shivering and starving, lost in her clothes, icicles dangling like jewelry from matted clumps of hair. She had tried the city, but found that people only saw her for the age she was and not the age she wanted to be. And in some dark, heartbreaking moments, men offering assistance, the way that a wolf offers to help you lighten your load, would insist that she be, for their purposes, even younger than she was. And that drove her into the forest, where there used to be wolves, and now there were just deer and hunters, hunters who weren't hungry, deer that were often left to rot, and this is where Sam thought she would die, where she would rot, at the base of the ponderosa pine in Idaho, yards away from a frozen stream, sitting at the base of the tree she had named, for lack of a better word, for lack of a better everything, home. They call them the drifter we can call him a drifter because he always liked the sound of that word, the sound of that title, like a piece of wood that was both flotsam and jetsam, a piece of wood that had jettisoned itself, freed itself from the ship, shook itself from the other piece of wood that it was crudely nailed to, and slipped into the water to find itself adrift, first in the water, and then in the air, and then on the ground slowly and then quickly as he dried in the sun evolving into a wild boar of a man with herbs flowering from dirt in his beard with eels living inside water in his pockets with tusks made of hair and honey and rings of plastic in the carcasses of bees poking out from his cheeks tusks that kept the wrong people away tusks that always pointed towards the people who needed him and this man and we'll just call him a man. He found my mother dying at the base of the Ponderosa Pine in Idaho, yards away from a frozen stream. And he warmed my mother. He fed my mother. He carried my mother. He brought my mother to the ocean. He carried her into the water and swam with one arm. He swam with one arm while holding her up in the air with the other. And he brought my mother given to the luxury whale liner, docked on a tiny rock island off the coast of Washington State. The whale in which she would first be a passenger, and then the poisonier in the cafe, and then a mother. He brought my mother to the whale in which I was born. My first home. This drifter that saved my mother was not my father. And he was not a god or a spirit, he was a piece of wood. A piece of wood that evolved in the sea. The way things sometimes but rarely do. Into a man capable of something that for a moment could be seen as kindness. My mother first awoke inside Wendy, a passenger. She was already a few months older. And the drifter told her how Wendy worked. How the price of a ticket is time. And the younger you are, the more she takes. And he told her his story and used the geography of his face as a map and said, I've been all over the world. I've pulled girls from falling trees, plucked boys from icy seas. i strangled clouds to free the women within. I've rescued men from ships inside bottles of mead. I've rescued lions and bears and butterflies. But I've never saved one, someone beautiful as you and my mother told the drifter as she sat up and moved away from him slowly another drifter once told me always turn down the ones that save you and that is when the drifter smiled as much as a drifter could smile and said i like that word drifter it's a beautiful beautiful word They called him Sam. That was also my father's name. And he was a fisherman inside of Wendy, the name given to the luxury whale liner in which he was working, the whale in which I was conceived, the whale in which I was born. He caught fish and creatures using lines and nets and cages that Wendy dragged through the sea. Nets and cages that were emptied when she docked, something that happened so infrequently that it wasn't uncommon to find nets and cages filled with children and parents, and sometimes grandparents, swimming around the floating skeletons of their ancestors. Generations of lives lived inside nets and cages, screaming through the sea. And with time underwater being so imprecise, sometimes the parents were younger than their children. And sometimes in the nets and cages, a small piece of driftwood would grow into a tree and free them all. A victory for the sea and a devastating defeat for the fishermen, like my father, who earned their keep with how much animal light they brought back to the Lumiere to illuminate La Café, and how much meat they brought back inside Windy to the Poisonneur to prepare meals for La Café, meals for passengers, scraps for workers, both prepared the same way with the only but significant difference being the presentation. Day to day, when Wendy was at sea, the fishermen could fish by hand for specials, for extra meals, for something resembling gin called holo, a fermented concoction of the locomotive organs of just the right kind of sea cucumber, and they did so from small portholes on Wendy's sides, holes that had been once used in wars, Holes that could only be opened from the inside, flesh that could be pushed out and could not be seen from the outside. And while water always and sometimes light poured in, the fisherman could grab and grab blindly, his eyes pressed into the darkness of her walls, hoping to get a hold of something. And on a good day, he pulled in an illuminated squid that would be good for a day of reading or had an octopus wrap its tentacles around his wrist, perfect for an afternoon snack. But on a bad day, he returned to the kitchen empty-handed, and on a worse day, he returned to the kitchen without his hands, and on the worst day, the porthole sealed up behind his feet, and he did not return at all. And all the people in the whale sang a song in the round, that spread the news, until the last person to hear was left to sing alone. father, Sam, from all accounts, was a great fisherman, one of the best the sea had ever seen. But from all accounts, he was not great at being a man, one of the worst the sea had ever seen. And he was fishing when I was born, and he didn't need to be, because his boss, the poisonier of Le Café, was the one giving birth inside Wendy, the luxury whale liner, the whale in which I was born." They called it Le Café, the name of the place inside Wendy where passengers would eat. And they had called it that since the last revamping of the menu, when Wendy had been filled with Frenchmen, men and women unhappy with their place and age in an age history calls golden, but had forgotten that no one can ever see the age they are in as anything but what it is, and these Frenchmen of a certain age brought with them a decadence and opulence in both decor and flavor or at least the idea of it. And the consequences for that flamboyant difficulty was what it always is, and that is new names for things. Like Poisonnière, which was my mother's job at La Café, which used to be called the fishmonger when it was a man, and the fishwife when it was a woman. And Backwood Wendy was filled with Spartans with their progressive ideas about sex and language but still unhappy about their individual ages in the land of Sparta. Well, the word has been lost, but I can assure you that it was without a doubt something unlike this sentence, brief. No matter the time period though, it has always been true that a person who handles fish after it is caught and before it is cooked, that is really all they should do. Because fish are not hard, but fish, may be these, may they be simple or difficult to catch, or easy to destroy. So it is for the best that the, whatever they are called, only have one responsibility. And it's important to note that no matter who has ever boarded Wendy, no matter what they call the food on the menu, it has always been like almost all the food in the world. But it has always been like all the food in the world has always been basically the same, but with different names. And fish, may it be cooked by an expert or an amateur, has always been just as fragile. That has never changed, and either as the way fish is cooked inside Wendy, and that's by flash-frying it in a vat of her stomach acid. Acid that had to be milked carefully every morning. And the person with this job doesn't have a fancy title. It was decided long ago that the less they talked about this job, the better. And having done this job myself, let me tell you, I don't want to talk about it about any of this really but well that's not true I, I wanted to come on here and tell you my story and that's what I'm doing trying to do and I'm not doing a great job I know I, I know that the story is complicated and that there are aspects that would take hours to explain and this is my first time trying and I'm not feeling well, and I'm younger than I sound, so maybe you should feel, so maybe you should think. Maybe I should just do what I can with this meal. Move things around, rearrange the plate in a way where you might think I'm finished. Put some morsels in my pockets, and maybe I should just sit sit here at this dining room table and pretend that I am not a man telling a story and that I'm just a man in half of a tuxedo at a quiet and elegant cafe with not much to say dining alone waiting to order or maybe they think I don't know that this kind of cafe doesn't even have a menu They probably think I'm a waiter, a ghost waiter, lost in time, lost in place. And if they just wait long enough, I will float away, disappear into the Vaseline glass, into the lights, through a hole and out to sea. They called them garçons, the cafe inside Wendy, the name given to the luxury whale liner in which they were working, the whale in which I was conceived, the whale in which I was born. And the garçons all wore tuxedos, ones nicer than mine, but always single-breasted so they would never be mistaken for a passenger, never mistaken for someone still making their journey workers inside Wendy, like my mother, like my father, the cooks, the fishermen, the garçons, had all decided that the world was too much for them. And they chose this life, chose to remain. But when a baby is born inside Wendy, babies are not supposed to be born inside Wendy. The name of the whale in which I was born And when I was conceived, it was a moment out of sync with everything because everyone inside Wendy was escaping for either a short amount of time or forever. The reality of human functionality, human fragility, human reproductivity, and sex was just something to pass the time between shifts, small liquid exchanges without meaning or consequence. And when it happened, the nausea immediately after the act, both my mother, Sam, and my father, Sam, knew that something was different, that something was awry, and in a single evening, my mother was ready to give birth. My father, terrified of the responsibility of having a child, went fishing and never returned, the porthole ceiling behind him. My mother, also terrified of the responsibility of having a child, a child growing so quickly and painfully inside of her, inside of a whale, told the garçons that she needed help, that everything was going terribly wrong. So they carried her into the uniform storage locker filled with tuxedos on hangers, and in the middle of a circle of garçons holding each other by the shoulders, my mother, her screams muffled with an embroidered burgundy napkin, gave birth to me and said to the garçons, Call him tuxedo. And then she gave birth to my brother and said to the garçons with her last words over the sounds of my very first screams, her weary eyes meeting the eyes of the elderly Belgian maitre d' named Anton, a man she had always been fond of, call him Anton. Anton the maitre d' carried us out of the uniform storage locker and into the kitchen and placed us on separate Vaseline glass plates and covered us with silver warming domes. And we were growing so fast we were starting to stand and afraid that we would be seen by the passengers guests of La Cafe eagerly waiting for their perfectly cooked fish to arrive through the elegant dining room with chandeliers made of blinking Bermuda firearms. Anton held us both up high stretching his arms as far as they could go and he ran as fast as an elderly maitre d' could run. And he decided to spread the news, to begin the round, a song of distraction. And he sang it at the top of his lungs, a song for my father, a song for my mother, and a song for the two of us. Precise about the time because there is nothing precise about time when you are traveling underwater and there is nothing precise about time when you are inside of a whale and I'd later and I'm still learning now that there is nothing precise about being inside of a whale and the second to last time I was ever inside of a whale inside Wendy the luxury whale liner in which I was born was standing on a cracking plate made of Vaseline glass wearing a silver warming dome like a hard hat staring at a near mirror image of my brother in the other shaking hand of the elderly maitre d shoulders giving in glass now shattering in his hands and the elderly maitre d in a tuxedo named Anton told us our names and through the porthole he served us in the order in which we were born Tuxedo, and then Anton. Out of the whale and into the sea. And it was April 18th, 1989, just off the coast of Washington State, when we were five-year-old boys plucked out of the icy sea and into the light by the leathered hands of the drifter. And we can be precise about the time, because for the first time in our lives, We were not underwater, and that's why they call me Tuxedo.